0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's got to 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. La like Gazette. Ozil! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gouda's podcast. My name is Lewis, and I'm joined by my my good friend Dan coogs How you doing, man? How yeah, I'm are all right, you man.
1: I'm all right. I've been better. I've definitely been better, but um, you know, it is what it is at this stage. It's been a long old season, I would say. It's been a long long old. Would want so you know um I've been better, but you know I'm I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've just finished watching the the Real Madrid Man City game and, you know, I can't, I'm in such a good mood because that Real Madrid pack is so good. It's so loud. like, And I don't know if, the, if there's a part of me that kind of, you know, I really want Man City to win because it kind of makes me feel better in some weird way that it makes me feel better about our situation. Like does that make sense? Like that yeah, I, I want suppose. Man City to be that good that it kind of like alleviates the the, the mockery that's happening. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if if Madrid had got bounced out by Madrid tonight, if, uh, if sorry, if City had been bounced out by Madrid tonight, it would have had that kind of feeling like ah oh, so they, they are beatable. Do you know what I mean? They are beatable. But they have this inevitability about them and this invincibility is actually, I, I don't even think it's inevitable. It's invincibility about them right now. Like they yeah. just look unstoppable, and our worst fears have manifested themselves. You know, uh, along with along with, with some fears that maybe we didn't we didn't know about as well. But um, yeah, man, I, how are you just how are you feeling in general about you know what's happened since um, I, since Sunday?
1: Yeah, I definitely hear you um, around wanting City to win because it's like. You sort of you want you want to be beaten by the best team. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Right. So it's like you're in a tournament. You go out. The team that knocks you out. If they win it, you're like, right. Well, you know, fair enough. We went out. We got knocked out by the winners. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like with um with this Man City team, for me, it does sort of take away from you know where you might have um misgivings about the team. You know, oh, they bottled it? This that, and the other. And it's like, well even if they didn't lose X game, Y game, you know, we probably still wouldn't have got there. Do you get what I mean? That's how that's how watching this Man City team makes you feel. Whereas, you know, six, seven weeks ago, I think when this run of form for them was, you know, starting, I guess, or maybe, you know, eight, nine weeks ago, um, when this run of form started, after we beat them, uh, after they beat us at the Emirates, I felt very differently about this Man City team. I was like, yeah, you know what? We got something for them. I was, I was saying that we got something for them. I think no, we've they- even got a
0: pod title that says we've got something for City. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you know what I mean? It so is, it's yeah. like now I look at that, and you watch them play, and you're, you're, thinking, yeah, that was actually crazy talk because, boy, like, look at what they're doing to a team in Real Madrid that have been there, done it all, like bought a T-shirt, that kind of thing. Like, you know, you look at the players that they that we were watching on show today, and. Man City did not give them a sniff. You know, Vinny Jr. tried tried all his flicks and tricks. Carl Walker locked the locked him the hell down. Do you know what I mean? Right? You you see Rodrigo on the other other flank, Benzema in the middle, you know, Modric hooked, you know, 50 something minutes. This is stuff that, that is you never never been seen before, really. Um, and so you know, it does make you feel a little bit better, but I'm sure we're gonna get into, you know, where we stand with this Arsenal team regardless, right? Because I don't think it excuses everything. Because for me, what would have been great is for us to take this to the last day, um, potentially. And it's quite disappointing because, you know, we've done all the score predictions, this and the other. You know, I think like 90% of people had us getting over 90 points, you know. So now I think, what, 87 is the most that we can get. Um, And that was, you know, very pessimistic um, at the time, I think coming into this running. So, you know, the way that the team has actually ended up finishing the season um, is not is not great, um, personally. But, yeah, uh, for me, Madrid put in a blender. Hopefully, we're going to see United get put in a blender in that FA Cup final um, as well, you know. So, yeah, let's see. Let's see what else City have got um, up their sleeves, man.
0: Yeah, I, and I definitely hear your point about, you know... Um... What I'm trying to trying to do really is, I haven't actually listened to any Arsenal content since Sunday. I, I, I like, I, you can tell I've be, I've exited the group chat. Not exited. I haven't left it, but I've just not been. I've not been up to date with what's going on. I kind of just wanted to zone out from it because the reason I wanted to do that is because I found myself getting so agitated and wound up, and you know, I didn't want to be that way because I've had. I've really enjoyed this season and mm. this season has been so good that I didn't want my emotions to kind of like get the better of me and you know um for, for me to start having like to start looking at, at it in it like in a dampening mood you know but um mm. I, I know it's really difficult to do that and I've tried I've kind of tried to avoid all Arsenal news over the last four days even doing this podcast is quite, it's quite painful for me, but, um, <laughs> you know, we have to, we have to relive it. And I am trying to look at things from a perspective of, like I said, this season has been brilliant. Um, but let me ask you a question. Are we not as good as we thought we were?
1: I think it's, uh, it's interesting, right? Because it's like, how good do you think you are, right? Because I think if people said, if you asked, I don't know, let's we'll use that coming into the running, are we a better team than Man City? I think if people said yes, then I have to say, yeah, I think, you know, we're not as good as, as we, we think we are, right? Do you get what I'm saying? Because I think there was a lot of chat as well from Arsenal fans saying, you know, we are the best team in the league, Um throughout this season, right? And I think, you know, whilst you're on top, you're five points clear, this, that and the other, the table doesn't lie after, you know, 25, 30 games, um, etc. But then I think what really separates the wheat from the chaff, you know, as certain pundits have been saying this that, and the other, what we know and what we've seen in the past as well is that this period from the end of April to May is where champions are made. Like we have seen many teams, you know, come. You know, there's Liverpool team. You're five points clear, three games left. You know, you've not left uh, with with the, the Premier League trophy. You know, you've seen um, United teams um, clear of Man City, x amount of games left. You've not left with the trophy. Go back. You know, you see Wenger, Ferguson teams throwing away eleven points, eight points, thirteen point leads because. You need to get into the steam of things in this final stretch, rack up those points, points accumulation. You look at that Leicester season, winning games, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0 um, in that running um, to get themselves that trophy. And that's where champions are made. So, you know, I think we were a good team. I don't think you can you can deny that. You, you can't put up 50 points in 19 games without being a quality team. That's not... Um, Something that is done by by anyone, you know, that's just that's just done as a fluke or because you're, you know, um, you, you're just taking advantage of um, the situation that you find yourselves in. I think we're a good team, but then it's that bit that is missing, you know, that crucial part. Can you deal with the pressure? Can you win games when you're not playing well? Can you grind it out um, and and be professional? you know, in crunch time. And I don't think the team was able to do that, you know. Um, Obviously, you could look at a Man City game and take that one out of it, right? But you look at some of the other games, Liverpool, West Ham, Southampton, and now this Brighton game, um, for me, the team has just not quite got enough there. And I know people are going to talk about injuries and stuff like that, but um, I I, I don't think that's enough of an excuse Mm. for me because... You, you should have enough to win those games, especially as given the scenario that we found ourselves in in a number of those games. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think the team is good. Probably just missing that little bit. Right?
0: I mean, that that little bit that you speak of though is quite important. Mm. Would you not say it's 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 like you're right in terms of like we've been so good for what 80% of the season is that fair to say 85% of the season maybe mm-hmm. but that 15% well, don't, I don't because no free points are different than any other free points right so you aren't in a title race if you don't win your you know yeah. the first 30 games if if you don't win those games if you don't if you aren't you know if you don't amass enough points during those first 30 games you aren't in a title race. Mm. But it's like that, that last 15% is almost worth like 60%, if that makes sense. You know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, in university where, you know, your grades are worth a certain amount. It's the same kind of test. It's the same, yeah. you know, but first it's worth year, first, a different amount. First, first year yeah. is only weighted 10%. Yeah. Yeah, time, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's a difficult one because... I, I agree with you that I think the team is. I've, I've like I've said, I, I think this team is fantastic. But this run in has, it's put up some flares in the air for me to, um, to maybe just have a look at a one, one or two of these guys to see. And 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 our next level is how do we next year get to the same place we were after thirty games this year, but then make that step which we failed to do this year how do we do that mm. and my my thing is is that okay cool we could look at it from two ways we could look at it as like oh it's a learning experience these guys are learning um this is a young team they've never been here before um these things you know uh like all, all great winners and you know they they have disappointments and they come back and you know, they always point to their failures when they get their massive success. You know that, that that's what's that's what's built them. Um, but at the same time, you you can also look at it and potentially look at things like, well, maybe maybe there are deficiencies in in some players. What what side of the fence do you do you sit on in in that argument?
1: No, I think. I and mean, then obviously there's there's a, a a weight in that you have to put to experience, right? Um, and I think we've seen it already um with this team um personally. So last year, I think it was the first time where they well, I think I personally think the team has shown development on a mental aspect several times already, right? In, in under Arteta, probably starting from um Last season, um, coming into this season, I think we showed that we had an element of consistency um, last year where we came through some difficult spells and then put together some winning runs. But I think those difficult spells were, were probably a bit too common last season. And this season, I think we've had a lot less of those difficult spells, probably none. Um, really, but I think a little spell in January we went three without a win, um, and then now end of the season went through without a win. But then after that, both of those you're seeing, you know, seven seven games uh, win one on the spin, etc. You look at how we performed in difficult away games last season. Um, Old Trafford lost, Brentford um, lost. Um, Newcastle lost, Everton lost, etc. White, White Hart Lane, bland, you know. And then you look at it, you come to this season and you see how we performed away from home. Even Anfield, to it's, be fair, lost. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, yes, yeah. definitely, you know, yeah. And and but but it's exactly right. But I think we've improved on almost all of those results. I think Old Trafford, we still lost, and um, um uh, Anfield will manage to get a draw. Um, But you look at the way the team has come through those, like St. James's Park, I was super confident that we were going to put in a performance and, and get something from that game this year. I've been saying it, you know, that we've been building up, we're building up, building up, right? And I just think you can't put a price on experience, you know, like if you look at some of these guys, this is literally the first time they're playing in these high pressure situations, they're going for a title. Right, like if you compare that to the Man City team that Pep put out today and the one that he played against us, the youngest player on that on that side is Harlan, who's twenty two, you know. And Haaland, is a is a cyborg. He's already scored, you know. He's already scored almost forty Champions League goals. He's already an H. elite elite
0: player. Like yeah, you know, Man I mean, City bought him to complete an elite team,
1: an like elite this. team, right? So so, and then you look at that. The next oldest is what twenty um, six year old Ruben Diaz, who is you know already a PFA player of the season. Do you get what I'm saying? Right? Like, you've got 26-year-old um, Jack Grealish. You've got um, Bernardo, 27. KDB's 30 or something like that. Rodri, 26. Um, Stones, four league titles. Edison. All And you look at their team, Carl Walker, it's going to be his fifth I league Walker. title. Yeah. You know, you look at his team. These are men. You know, these are proper, proper men who have been there, done it all, They've gone into run-ins where they've had to put 100 points up to win a title. They've gone into run-ins where they've had to put 98 points to win a title. So, you know, that experience is actually priceless. And when you're coming up against a bunch of kids who literally think, you know, right, Southampton's going to come here. This is going to be easy. I think Ramsdale's come out and said, oh, yeah, he thought some of these games were going to be, you know, easy, right? You're overconfident. You know, you're not taking it seriously. You're not able to be professional because you don't know what it takes to get yourself over the line. So, you know, I think what I would like to see and what I'm I'm quite hopeful of seeing next season is that the team learns and continues to pick up from errors in the past that, you know, you can build on the foundation that you've had from these past two seasons. And then maybe next year, you're able to get yourselves over the line. And I say maybe... Because if it was any other team than Man City, I'd be like, yeah, you know, we'll be back. You know, this, that, and the other. But Man City could just come and they just might, might get another points record next year. You never know. Like, it's, it's a man team.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about the game itself because I was actually quite confident coming into the game, uh, weirdly enough. You said you were confident about going to St. James's Park. I wasn't. I, I expected us to get crashed on there. But um, the this game, I was weirdly weirdly confident because Brighton actually have a fantastic record against us and they've scuppered our season is that like three years in a row they've they've scuppered our season I I think it might be or at least three in the last four years they've scuppered our season crashing Um, from Emery days man from Emery yeah they 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 just seem to they're our bogey team for sure our bogey teams have really bogeyed against us this year boys Southampton Brighton you know they've They've really done the business on us on us this year, man. And it's something about that South Coast air, man. Like I don't know, they come to London and it's it's look at, I don't know. They just Brighton were just on smoke, you know, yeah. absolute smoke. And I can't. During the game, I was looking at the game, and you know, I I don't want to come across as like Georgino agenda. We, we've done it to death. I just. I was really disappointed in his performance. First half, I I think he had 24 touches. Just not good enough for an Arsenal centre midfielder playing at home to Brighton. It's just not good enough. And people can say, oh, you know, well, Brighton Brighton had the ball. Yeah, but it's a consequence of, you know, maybe Alps setup up as well. And you can say, well, Brighton do that to everyone. No, they don't do that to everyone they don't do it to everyone you know it's they, they don't just go to people's home grounds especially the second best team in the league and and dominate possession like that's that's that that that's that doesn't happen you know uh, uh, they do though
1: they do though they keep the ball well, against they, they, they're definitely
0: they're definitely not going to man city to do that are they they they
1: keep the ball against everyone let me check the the brighter man city one because i think
0: um i think even though city one um Oh. When, when, but this was the early on in the season, of the pot right? in the season. But was even. It, Potter? It, it must have been. I don't even know what the score was. Uh, I think.
1: C1, 3-2. It was like yeah, one was of the. Three, one. One. It
0: was 3-1. It was 3-1.
1: Yeah, all right. It yeah. was
0: 50-50 in possession. It was 50-50 in possession. Fair, yeah. fair enough. But we we saw periods of 70-30 possession. Yeah. In the first I half. I think the first half yeah. was 70-30 possession. And I just didn't like the makeup of that midfield. I, I know it worked against Newcastle, but that Newcastle game was very to and fro. And Newcastle are not a controlling football team. They're not, they're not someone who's gonna like they want to hit you ho- hard and fast on the break. They wanna you know, they want to win physical duels in the midfield and really, t- like, turn the ball over quickly, make you turn the ball over quickly. Brighton want to suffocate you. And I just didn't think that make-up in midfield is right. Um, and like I said, Jorginho, I'm pretty sure first half, had 24 touches, you know. Mm. And it, in a whole game, he had 37 touches. Central midfielder for Arsenal at home. Not good enough, man. It's not yeah. good enough.
1: I think you know it's it's an interesting one. I, I didn't really. Like, I our midfield our midfield did get bashed up a little bit in the second half. Um, I think for me the game plan kind of went out the window um, when Must when Martinelli be. went off. Yeah. Um, I've, and and that's probably just me me doing confirmation bias, right? Because. When that when that sub happened, I was like, I, I felt really quite down about the game because I was like, you know, he was probably our most dangerous player when we played them away. Um, I know Lampy had a good game against him, bar you know the last goal that, that Martinelli scored on the on the counter kind of thing. But I felt that Mar- uh, Martinelli was getting a lot of the ball um, in that in that first game, and and you know you saw Kai Sado was playing right back, um, not a natural right back, even though he's just a fantastic player. Um, I thought that we could get some joy potentially down that side. And Trossard, for me, even though I think he's he's a good, good player, um, I'll say I'm not the biggest fan of Trossard personally, but he just doesn't have the same fear factor um, for me that Martinelli does, right? Like, I feel that, you know, they could potentially step onto us a little bit more with that Trossard, Jésus, Saka, front three. I know Jésus and Saka are both quick, but I don't think they've got that blistering um, top-level speed, right? And I feel that if you're Brighton, you're probably more happy that um, Trossard is is playing um, instead, of, instead of Martinelli. And I felt that in the second half especially, we weren't able to cover the ground as well to press them into mistakes. And the second half, I think, the Jorginho point becomes a good one because I feel like their midfield got a bit more sp- spaced out. So I think the first half, we pressed quite well. Uh, McAllister was struggling to play out. Then in the second half, I think they moved their midfield a little bit, um, moved their midfield a little bit more around. Jorginho had to cover a little bit more space to, you know, press into there and he couldn't really do it, you know. And, I, and the second half was just, I think it's one of the worst um, performances that I've seen from us at all, um, all season at home. You know, that second half was really, really disappointing. Um, I don't think we really created a chance in that second half. Um, didn't really, you know, get any joy from them. Um, yeah, it was overall just a very, very disappointing day. Um, disappointing day at the office. I, I personally, like you, would have liked to see party start the game. Like I think um has come in. Done, 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 done. All right, done, done quite well um for a couple of games. Um, but I think it's clear to me that party is the main guy um, and should be the main guy. And and should, I probably, I probably would have brought him back in. It's,
0: it's, it's interesting because me, me, I'm. There's no debate about it for me. Who is the better player? But even if you are Arteta and you know you like Jorginho and you want to do horses for courses and you know certain players for certain games and you feel like Partey's having a you know, he is he is let's face it, party's having a bad a bad run at the moment and he's one of the players we need to I when I'm when I when I was talking earlier about, you know, um are, are these players as good as we think we they are and you know going missing in the crunch time, is that something you can learn? Partey is actually one of the players that I'm talking about because the young players I can kind of forgive for not having the know how, but these experienced guys, I don't know, man, Partey's, he's, he's been involved in title challenges before. He's been, you know, he's, he's been involved in crunch time with Atletico Madrid before. I've been really disappointed in it, in him since, you know, since the West Ham game really. Um, but, yeah, that's we can come back to that point. But, um, yeah, even if you are, like, Arteta seems to think at the moment that he wants certain players for certain games or, you know, maybe he's even brought Jorginho back in and Jorginho is his number one now. I just think he needs to have the flexibility to look at the game, what are Brighton going to do and how are we going to counteract that? When I see Jorginho, Xhaka and Odegaard midfield, Against a team that wants to dominate the ball, I'm immediately thinking, "Well, how are we going to win that ball back?" And that is not a, that's not a midfield to me that screams out winning the ball back. Mm. Um, and I think Arteta just got that wrong. I don't. I just don't think you have to approach it as a, a meritocracy thing. Oh, Jorginho did really well against Newcastle; he deserves to keep his spot to play against brighton i mean fine fairness he had a great game but i just think you've got to have a bit more a bit more about you as a coach to um make these correct decisions man because for me that wasn't a good that wasn't a correct decision that wasn't a good decision but but then again what do i know i didn't think Jorginho playing against newcastle was a good decision Mm. and look how (laughs) that turned out you know it just didn't sit it just didn't sit well with me i think you know it's 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 yes, yeah,
1: it's, it's a balance, right? It's a balance because I think you know, as a player, you want a manager that says if you play well, you keep your you keep your spot, right? I think that's good, um, personally. But I think there is also a balance with you know squad rotation. I think there's probably a couple of questions on squad rotation as well, right? And I think this is something that um, has been highlighted. I think there's a Sky Sports graphic. Hmm. And stuff going around as you know least number of first eleven changes etc. Arsenal, rock miles, ball. you know miles behind um, everyone. And I think Man City had the fourth most or something like that, right? Um, and I think it's it's something that Arteta has actually struggled with quite a bit um, throughout his entire time at Arsenal, right? You can go back to um, crashing out to Olympiakos, um, was it Olympiakos? Yeah, Olympiakos, yeah. Villarreal. Uh, where we get a couple of injuries, and Arteta is now in a washing machine trying to find a solution. You know, you think back to that 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 period where um, um, we were in that ten game ten game stretch where we couldn't couldn't get a win. You know, and it's like he's in another washing machine trying to find a solution to something that works, kind of thing. Um, and we're let, and I think when he's in this mode, we sort of let. The results go whilst he has to figure it out again. I think last season when um Tierney and Tomiassi went down, and now is back at left back, even though we knew the last season it didn't work. You see Lokonga there, um, he, he spends too, too many games in the center mid before you bring in El Neni. Lacazette plays too many games before you bring in Ketia and um. And I think this hold is, in, this play, is hold in you know, before Kim yeah. yeah. comes in, right? And mm. I think this is something that he he really needs to get better at is when you are winning, to try things, right? And, you know, sub people in, sub people out, sit someone down for a game. Um, because that is when, you know, I think when confidence is high, that's the best time to rotate, right? Because people are chomping at the bit. They're fit, they're firing, they're fighting for their places. I think when you change people um, in losing situations, it puts additional pressure on them because it's like, ah, oh, boom, you you are my solution. You need to be the solution today. If this doesn't work, then you have failed kind of thing rather than you just coming in and being part of a winning team, being part of a winning squad um, and that kind of thing. Because if you look at it and you think about it, I think Xhaka got ill the other day, and that's Vieira coming in to start as his first start um in something like six months in the league, you know, and it's like, well, he didn't play very well, but what do you actually expect if you're only getting trust minutes um here and there? You know, you look at Smith Rowe, he's not started a game at all since coming back. Um you know and, and obviously I'm gonna hold my hands up and, and give the manager you know a blight here and say we're chasing the title is um you know every game is must win. We've not been here we don't necessarily have the squad or the trust in some of these guys that, um, you know, you can still guarantee the three points um, if you rotate um, all of these people in and out. But if you look at it, Trossard has come in to a winning side, contributed, um, allowed us to carry on winning, starting some games um, here and there. And I think if you're changing one or two pieces every couple of games, you know, you're able to keep that winning momentum going and also giving people sufficient time, sufficient minutes, um to to um to stay happy and to stay sharp. Because you look at it earlier in the season, one player comes out, comes into the squad, we still win. You know, think Tommy Asu played left back um in in the game against Liverpool, stayed there for another couple of games. We we won games, you know. Um then You see Vieira comes in to the winning team, plays against Brentford, 3-0, job done, happy days, right? Comes in against Wolves almost from the start, 2-0, job done, happy days. But then when you stop doing this, you're giving people just trust minutes, you're not changing starting lineups. I think that momentum is lost.
0: I, I do hear you and my only caveat to this is I think... When you're when you're like you, you already alluded to it with you know when you're trying to win football games, you stick with your most trusted guys. And you know, we were only playing one game a week, really. Um the only who who would you have liked to see more? Is is my question. Because out of all the players you just mentioned, did I did I really want to see Vieira starting games? Not particularly. Um did I want to see Emma Smith Row starting games? I don't, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's fit enough. Um, the only one I can I can say I would have liked to see start more games, and I and I don't understand why um he was used so little was Kieran Tierney. Literally the only one. Everyone else, I don't really want to see. Maybe Reese Nelson. Maybe Reese Nelson, because he showed, you know, some some glimpses and you know had some good moments this year. Maybe he was like. You know, maybe he could have got a, a start, but even then, I'm like ahead of who? You know, we're trying to win a title. Um, mm. I'm not. I'm not dropping any of these men out, so Reese Nelson can get a start, and then and 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 then we and then and what what happens then? We, we we drop points, and it's like you dickhead. You you try to overcomplicate it. You try to overcomplicate it. You, you you got complacent. You didn't play your best players, and you drop points. Mm. I hear it's, it. I hear it. I hear it. It's and a different. It's. it's, it's I. I, it's, I. I empathize with Arteta in this situation because it's. There is no right or wrong way. I don't think. Yeah. We could. We could say Man City are at the top. They've got a squad of yeah. fucking twenty-five world-class players. We've got a squad of fourteen, very good to good players. Everyone else is a bit. There's some. There's I hear question it. marks over them.
1: I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. But um, even then, right? So. Even then, I, I I think there's games where you, you, you're 2-0 up at half time 55, 60 minutes, give someone a go. Do you get what I mean? Right? And I think there's a lot of games, you know, where we're winning 3 4-0, 2-0. Nil, nil. You could cycle some people in to give them more than trust minutes. Do you get what I mean? And so, you know, I think I think the squad management thing is something that, Arteta needs to work on, because next year, I know we probably will go strong in the transfer window. Next year, you need to be cycling people in and out. You're know, you going to play this block of three, four games. Then you're going to play the next block of three, four games. And you need to get used to using some of these guys, because at the end of the day, we don't know if Vieira could have started games, because he didn't start them. Know he could have started games and he could have become you know much better as the season went on because he's playing a lot more minutes. You know, Smith Rowe, we don't know how fit he was, but he could have cycled himself back into some good fitness if he started some games and he could have been able to contribute. You know, I think the fact that we haven't seen these guys doesn't necessarily mean that they would have been bad. Um, and that's my only thing, but it's it's just something that we we actually don't know. And I agree on the the Kieran Tierney point, I think he'd been done. quite dirty this season, uh, to be honest. I think, you know, he, he's basically gone from someone who, when fit, first team starting left-back, absolutely missed him, couldn't win games when he wasn't playing, to now just basically completely unusable. Um, and I don't particularly understand that. Um, in, in in any case, I know we've changed systems, this and the other, but um, I don't really get how we've gone from that complete juxtaposition um on KT you know he's gone down twice now in two seasons and our season's falling apart and now when he's fit and available all of a sudden he's now looking quite useless and I don't think that's down to Tierney personally
0: no it's again I think uh, like I said there is one thing I think Arteta really needs to improve at and it's this horses for courses kind of thing and i and i'm probably going to contradict myself a little bit here in in the fact that i do agree that the team can be changed you know um for certain games but more from a tactical perspective more of a giving a player a chance perspective there's certainly games where i look at the newcastle game and i think that game would have been a lot more comfortable had Tierney played um and I I look at certain other games, you know, this season where you know I think Tierney could have come in. I think the West Ham game, I'm thinking of that the, the, these sort of games, where where Tierney can either come on earlier or or he starts the game. Um, and Anfield I, I think should have come on earlier. Anfield, Anfield's another this whole title running. I think Tierney's been underused, if I'm being honest. Um. So yeah, I agree with you in that in that respect. I agree with you in that respect. Um, is there anything anything more about the game you wanna you wanna talk about? Because we got a, sh- a shit ton of listeners' questions, but I don't know. I, I I'm I'm eager to move on from the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, the one one thing that I don't I don't get. Like, I know we've got um, our, our our tactic of you know defending this and the one v one all the pitch and stuff. But one thing that I actually don't like is that I feel like we don't respect opposition enough. Um, Sometimes, like, you see when anyone comes to the Emirates or we go to play anyone, Saka, Martinelli, doubled, tripled up, you know, even if that's not normally that team's usual way of defending. Like, either Man City, they do not leave Saka 1v1 with their fullback, right? But then with this Brighton game, what annoyed me was that, like, you know Mitoma is a cook, like, he is a cooker. Do you know what I mean? He's going to chef anyone up who's the fullback other than, you know, wan Bisaka these days, apparently. Yeah. yeah? But he's going to chef everyone up. And I think one of Ben White's actual weaknesses is, is that sort of one V one guy outside, out wide. And I felt that we sort of hung him up to dry in yeah. the second half. Um, yeah. And I didn't like that. And I thought that we could have done, um, we should have like identified that and done better to support Ben White, White there, because that was basically their main weapon, that ball into cold wheel, up the channel to, to Mitoma and, and, and we didn't really seem to do anything to.
0: to I, I thought Saka was particularly poor. I mm. think was it the second goal where he's just let a just run off it. Third, yeah, third goal. The yeah. third one. A, a shocking. It's shocking. Like you don't. Yeah, you're right. You shouldn't hang. And 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 that's a. That's. I don't think that's like a, a tactical thing or anything like that. you you're right. That's just. Players not respecting the opposition and you know leaving their teammates out to dry a bit. I did, I thought I was particularly poor actually from from Saka. And and that's not actually the first time I've seen Saka do that this season. I think he needs to work on that side of his game. He he does do like a, a lot of good defensive work, but there are a few times where he'll just stop tracking his man into the box or um there was a game earlier on this season. I can't remember what game. but I think it might have been the Man City game. It was the Man City uh game at the Emirates um the second goal i think it might have been um it, that, that was off the back of saka following stopping uh, stop following someone into the box um if i remember correctly um but yeah no you're you're right and matoma is a is a cookers man and he he certainly cooked ben white boy that's <laughs> ben white's not been cooked too many times this season but yeah, he got cooked enough times for the for, for the whole season. Um, on, on Sunday, Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's do some um, listeners' questions because um, there's a few topics that, uh, uh, that we need to talk about. So, oh. Yonko Abs he asks, um, Saliba contract. We know how this ends, don't we? So, what's the what's the update on Saliba's contract? I'm 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 hearing good noises that it's you know, about to be signed and whatnot. Is it is there some you know, is there some I
1: don't know, I think people are just nervous. Mm. Um I expect I expect him to stay. I don't I don't think he goes anywhere personally. Um I expect him to sign all the all the talk, you know, I have seen him celebrating and Maurice Nelson goals and that, like my man my man looks happy here, so I'm mm. not worried about that, but it would be great to get that. Unwrapped up asap because I think is he twenty twenty five or is he twenty twenty
0: four? I don't even know. Did he have some sort of like year extension or option or something Maybe like that? It was Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. No, that no, I mean, is there not, there's a there's a a debate to be had. You know, Saliba's got injured. Our whole season's fallen apart. You're going to take us it... to the cleaners for that contract, mate. <sighs> you know he's just he's just added an extra 100k to his, to his main packet and he's just yeah it's it, do you think um do you think this period has shown you something about Gabriel? um do you think that it's put the conversation of the two center backs over maybe who's the most important i, I know some people don't really like these conversations you know but you know, it's, it's a conversation. It's, you know, we have, we, we compare players all the time. Do, do you think it, um, do you think this period of the season puts into some dispute people who say Gabriel is our best defender when um, our season has kind of fallen apart as soon as Saliba has come out?
1: Not, not for me, because um, the way, the way I see it is if you, if you'd lost, either of them at this stage we're pissed um we're pissed probably less pissed if gabriel goes down because i think kimia would come straight into the team mm. um but um you know i think yeah i think it just shows how important that partnership is for me um, I, I know Kirill's come in and done a decent job. He's been pretty good in most of the games. I actually don't think he was awful or anything against Brighton. Um, I do think he's a bit silly um, for going down and holding yeah. his foot in a box. When, Unless he's got a broken
0: leg, I never want to see my centre-back going down in a box like that. In he the box needs to when, fucking learn.
1: when they're still when they're still on the attack, You know, yeah, I, think that was, I think that's pretty silly, um, to be honest. But other than that, I thought he defended quite well. But I just think that partnership is 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 top notch, you know, so I'm not I'm not um um in the saliva over Gabriel Camp just yet but I think you know we're not far off of that being the case personally.
0: Mm. Okay. Um <clears throat> let me see, let me see. Uh Okay, so we've done this. This is from Keith Donko. He says, Do you think Arteta's lack of squad rotation over the season is due to stubbornness or a lack of quality slash depth in the, depth in the squad? Finds a formula and doesn't change it until we lose or we get injure, injuries. Example Tom Yasu's run at left back earlier on the season and holding at center back. So yeah, we kind of we've kind of spoken about it. I think it I think there was like a a mixture of you know those two of Arteta's stubbornness a little bit. I think I definitely think there is a bit of that there. Um I think all the top coaches they are like hugely stubborn to their own detriment sometimes. And also, I just don't think he trusts the depth in squad. Um, I certainly wouldn't, you know. Um, but then you know, in respect to Kivior, you signed the, the kid, you signed him. Yeah. You you've seen holding what happened last season, the season before, when holding is starting key games. You've seen it. There's nobody knows that better than Mikel Arteta does, you know, and he's in the best position to make that judgment call. And I'm after seeing Kivior, I'm surprised it's t- it took him that long. Mate. I'm surprised he's even gone. I'm I'm surprised he's even decided to say holding is 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 be- is better is more of what we need. Than K- than Kivio right now, um, that surprises me.
1: Me, it's uh, it's inexplicable, you know, that decision to me, um, very inexplicable because uh, holding is just so clearly not at the level, um, and 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 you know, talent ID is supposed to be one of Arteta's you know main things. so
0: Yeah, I don't get that one at all. Yep. Jessica Black. I am Jess Black. Big up, Jessica Black. She asks, uh, do Arsenal need competition slash cover for white or Saliba more? No, sorry. Do Arsenal need competition slash cover for white or Saliba more? And who would you be your ideal purchases for those positions? So for me... It's definitely white more. I'm gonna say something a bit controversial. I haven't enjoyed Ben White in 2023.
1: That's excessive.
0: Since since the return of the World Cup, I haven't enjoyed Ben White.
1: I think that's excessive.
0: I think he's had, he's had some great games. games. He, he has great games. He's also had some stinkers. He's some, some stinkers. Great
1: games. That, that run where we went, we won seven in a row. He was superb.
0: Which, which, what games is that? Because so. I'm pretty sure he's uh, he yeah, the smelly game in there. <laughs> 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 Listen, I'm not saying.
1: Nah, you're doing too much. You're doing too much. Personally, I think the the, the right back role is um, is definitely more taxing on him than um than him playing centre back. So I do understand why, you know, Arteta used to make that that Tomiyasu sub, you know, 60, 70 minutes. Um yeah, he gets gassed out. Used to, He's, he gets gassed out and I think yeah. not having Tomiyasu, I think since the sporting game, not having Tomiyasu, um he's definitely suffered and then also yeah. having to, you know, cover that right side a little bit more. With Rob um, Holden. Rob Holden, he suffered mm. as well. So, I, 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 hear, I hear it. Um, but I think there's, um, there's definitely some, some factors there. But,
0: but yeah, I I, I, ha- I have, I have, Okay, let me let me let me let me let me redact my statement and change it up a little <laughs> bit. I haven't enjoyed Ben White in recent times, especially in bigger games. Mm. Mm. I think he's had yeah, the Man United game at home. I thought it was really poor. Um, the is it Man City? Yeah. Poor. We has toasted him, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Brighton not good. Um, there was another one as well. Um, it's not coming to my head. I think that maybe the the other Man City the game where they beat us at Emirates. I don't think Ben well, Obviously really, really good in that no,
1: one. Tomiyasu started that
0: one. Oh he yeah, because he gave away hook, the mistake, you know. didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, I can't. I can't remember. There was there was another game, but um, yeah. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying we need to bring in a, a um. Right back to replace Ben White, but I think I definitely think there needs to be some competition there, maybe a bit of variation. Um, definitely some cover because we can't rely on Tommy Tomiyasu. I, I would sell Tomiyasu in the summer. I think there's no point having players that you can't rely on fitness wise, so bin them off, in my mm. opinion. Otherwise, you get to the same stage in the season every year, and the same shit happens every year. Oh, we've got Tommy in white, we're good. Oh, Tommy Asu gets injured again. No, no, we're not good anymore. You know, it all looks good on paper, but what's the point if it looks good on paper? But my man, my man can't play. Yeah. Bin him. Sell him. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sell him. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a tough one. I think, you know, they talk about availability being the best quality, this, that, and the other. Like you can't put a price on it because you need guys that can come in and contribute. So, you know, it's an interesting question. Because um, so I think we need we need just like cover for both. I do think Saliba is probably um, a lot more robust. I think this this injury is a bit of a freak injury um, rather than uh, you know like a recurring one or something that you need to be worried about long term. Um, from what I from what I understand, although the club's not actually put out that much information about um, what kind of injury it is, but you know it seems to me that it, it came from an impact rather than, oh, he's got some underlying um, you know back issue or, 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 or muscle issue or whatever it is, right? So um, I actually think Saliba can play a lot of minutes um, for us as, centre, as a centre-back. What I do like um, in Tomiyasu is the versatility. Um, so in the second part of the question, when they're asking about, you know, who would we like to see come in? I do think a centre-back right-back type um, would be useful, you know, like even if you get, not Joe Gomez, I'm not saying Joe Gomez right, but I'm saying someone like Joe Gomez where, you know, they're a centre back, but when you play them at right-back, they still look pretty comfy, do you know what I mean?
0: Um, See, I I see it a bit differently I would go for someone a bit different to Ben White, and simply because I think we need to find a way to have the same kind of... I think we need to find a way to get Kirantini rotated into the team a little bit more. And I think maybe we, if we could find a player who can replicate uh, replicate what... Um, Zinchenko. Zinchenko does on the right-hand side and have that flexibility to do the inverted fallback thing from both sides or mm. maybe not at all if we don't want to. Um... I think, yeah, I, I and I think I, I think that's probably Arteta's thinking as well, because we were linked to that Fresh guy, right? And apparently mm. he's like in that kind of mold. I wouldn't mm. say he's like in the centre back mold. Um, but then if we you know we're also linked to like Kaiseido, who has been playing a lot at right back, yeah, recently, recently, which is too. even more crazy though. Kaiseido, they're like probably their best centre mid centre midfielder for me is playing at right back. You know um and they're still doing bits so it just goes to show you know but um yeah so maybe maybe that's maybe that's part of our thinking in, in that in that regard I'm not, I'm not
1: sure yeah i'm i'm fluid man i'm fluid i'm 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 flexible on that because you know if you look at it if you want to flip the dynamics you have got kivi who can play left back as well you know mm. um at times um so he's got that versatility now so if you're taking someone like Tom Yasu out of the rotation, well you've got Kirior who can play right centre back, left centre back, left back as well. That probably gives you some of the and and maybe DM that probably gives you some of the flexibility that Tom Yasu brings. Um, you know, and maybe you can get a more traditional um right fullback or or something. So yeah, I d I don't know. I don't I don't really know is the answer to to that one. But um I I think we need something. We need we definitely need something.
0: Mm, yeah would you would you go for like a, a 1v1 specialist type of right back like a, a pure defender you see how man united have got like an Aaron one bissaka or do you think that's too um,
1: um... I, I think Tommy is a bit of that as well and he's mm. he like when he plays I don't know about you but I can get quite frustrating when you see him in the final third because you're always going to need that as a team as like a top team you're always going to need mm.
0: that Additional oomph. you always wish it was Ben White there as opposed yeah. to Tom Yasu, yeah, 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 no, I hear you. Uh, okay, um, okay, uh, so there's no questions about Xhaka. Uh, okay, Luke, Lukey Tyler, he says, Do any of the potential league levers make you nervous about the future of the squad? So, apparently, is it what is the story with Xhaka? Is it confirmed that he's going? Is, is that? Yeah,
1: it looks like he's going to go, man. Right. Fabrizio, Fabrizio coming out saying clubs not offering a contract, negotiations right. in place with Leverkusen, etc. So it's looking like all intents and purposes, Fabrizio is Jacker um, oh, is is off. Is off how team. do you feel
0: about that first and foremost? Uh,
1: it's a surprise to me. I can't lie. Um, that's not a sale I was expecting. Um, I was thinking maybe we'd get rid of Georgina. Um, Really? In the summer. Yeah, yeah, I really was. You know, it was a short-term deal, 18 months. Um, I was thinking, yeah, they just go sign him for 12 million, sell him for five kind of thing, let him go back to Italy or something like that. Um, and Jacka would would stay and be part of the squad, but I think, um, you know, it, does, it looks like he doesn't want to be a squad player because I think he, he probably knows the direction, right, of travel that... Um, what Arteta said in, in what he said in interview about what Arteta has said to him was that I need something different in this position. Either you do it or I'm going to have to get someone else. And I feel like, you know, if that's a conversation you're already having before this season is is, is started, I know Xhaka has contributed a lot and I know he's been, um, you know, a, a pleasant surprise for a lot of people. You know, 14 goals and assists, all competitions this season is a great return. But I think, you know, Arteta knows that he can get even more out of that position if you think about some of these games um, where, you know, Xhaka has kind of fluffed his lines um, in between the lines as as well. So, you know, I think he's understanding the direction of travel. He's getting offered, you know, a a solid contract, good contract length, back in Germany, that kind of thing. So I think it just makes sense for for all um, parties involved. And to be fair, it does make me a little nervous, right, because not necessarily the grass isn't always greener, but when you lose someone who has a big personality in the dressing room, um, who I think he is one of the leaders, you know, vice captain at the club, etc., and all this stuff, um, you can lose a little bit of momentum, I think, um, just in terms of progress. But for me, when you lose players like that, you have to replace them with top, 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 top draw quality. Right, it's like you look at Man City and you say, Right, they're losing Jesus, they're losing um Cancelo, you know, they're losing uh Sterling, you know, players who they have relied on heavily, um, in in in, in seasons just gone, and you're like, Oh, how are they going to cope with this? You know, they're losing a lot of goals, they're losing a lot of you know potential leadership, this, that, and the other. Well, you go and you 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 bring in however much you spend on Erling Haaland and no one's talking about the fact that you've lost Raheem Sterling, you know, because you've got a guy slapping in 50 goals, you know. Um, this summer, they're going to lose um, potentially Nepal. They're going to lose um, Gundogan, you know. But if they go out and, you know, you get a Jude Bellingham or you've already bought in a Kanji, you might go out and spend another 60 M's on, a, on another centre-back or something like that, you know, um, it's not a problem. And that's how you that's how you move on from big players and big personalities. And if Jacker does leave, but you go in and you get a Rice and you get a Kaiseido, you know, you're saying, right, we've now got two guys who can give us what he's given us on the pitch. And we've got some leadership qualities there as well. Um, so, you know, it makes me nervous, but I feel like if you do the right business... You don't miss certain players, right? And to make it link it back to Arsenal, when we lost Mark Overmars, when we lost Nicolas Anelka, you know, these are massive players, you know, contributing to winning the league title for Arsenal. I think Ian Wright went as well um, after uh, after that. But then you bring in, you know, Pires to replace Overmars, you bring in Henri to replace Anelka, you know, you get your car news in. Um, to replace your Ian Wrights and whatnot, your Sylvan Wiltords, you're not complaining, you're not missing the guys who have left, um, even though they were massive players for you. So, you know, it makes me nervous, but if you get the recruitment right, it doesn't have to, you know, be a a, a, a backward step.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And, you know, I think just to the Xhaka point, um, I think... uh, he's pro- he's proven everyone wrong this season. Well not everyone, some people did, you know, believe <laughs> have been believing in Xhaka from the moment he's been here, you know, throughout everything. Um I've not been one of those people. Um I think he's just the one player in the team that no matter how well he plays, it's still such a glaring opportunity for upgrade. Um and for me I just don't think we should, you know, we've had so many opportunities to to make that change over the years. And I'm just glad that we're kind of being a bit ruthless. Um, and it seems like, which, you know, we're identifying that that is a a major area for improvement. Um, the only thing is, I, I mean, I, I I didn't want to sell Xhaka off the back of this season. Like you said, he's got tremendous leadership ability and, you know, I think he'd be a fantastic player to have around the squad as well. I mean, you know, to come in and, you know, start, you know, 20, 30 games in a season or whatever in the Champions League and Cups and some league games where you need him as well. Um, yeah, it would be, it's disappointing to lose him in that regard. But who knows, maybe that opens the door for two young, hungry centre midfielders to come in. Um mm which leaves me to my next question. Um, uh, Where is it? A lot of... So this is from Kieran underscore 91. He says, a lot of journos keep saying we want Rice and Caicedo. Does those two plus Erdogan in midfield give you enough control?
1: Yeah. That's much the short answer. Mm. Caicedo... Can I say the recycles the ball for fun, to be honest. He keeps it, you like you watch him play six for Brighton, he munches and you keep it moving. Um, I think Bisuma before him, great ball winner, munches, keep it moving. I think Rice, you're not necessarily going to see anything spectacular from him on the ball, but also, I don't think this season we've seen anything spectacular from Shaka on the ball particularly. Um, I think his passing range has not really been utilised that much playing that left eight. So if Rice is playing there, I'm not too worried about that. I think what you get with that midfield, people that win the ball back, automatic, you know, that is automatic ball winning there in Rice and Caicedo. They're right up there in terms of ball recoveries, tackles, interceptions, everything. So, you know, that is how you control the game is if you you stop the other team from having it and these men win it back automatic. So, yeah, I think you get you get bags and bags of control uh, with that midfield.
0: How realistic do you think it is signing those two, though? I, I, I can't lie. I've, I, Whenever I hear this being touted, I'm just... I can't take it seriously because I just don't think there's a hope in hell we get both. I really don't. I need that. I need that. I need that. When, when has that than, ever happened? More though? than you believe.
1: More than you believe.
0: When, when has it ever happened, though, that you know it it doesn't it, I'm just I hear waiting you. I wait in Ornstein's report that says it's one or the other
1: I hear you I hear you but I need both I don't care anyhow anyway I need both that's what needs to happen
0: it's not going to happen man
1: that's what needs to happen that's what needs to happen
0: I can see two centre midfielders coming in but not not way- 200 million pound guys the
1: way, the, way I see, the way I see it is this: it needs to be an unprecedented summer. You know what I mean? It needs to be. like we It can been, still
0: be, though. It yeah. can still be.
1: like if, Say, for instance, you got Rice and Lavia, you know, I wouldn't be upset by that. I think that would be a great window as well. I think Lavia would probably be a lot cheaper than, than Kaiseido, probably. Southampton relegated, etc. So, you know, that, that one's a possibility as well. But I think we need two guys you know i think we needed two guys um whether it's a Rice and though maybe they they price us out um with one one or the other but you know uh, i need i need that i need that that's what i'm gonna say i need that and, and
0: and and the issue with those two guys as well is that is that i i definitely see those transfer sagas being drawn out because Premier League teams—they're gonna ask for ridiculous amounts of money, and we don't seem to be prepared to pay ridiculous amounts of money for these guys. So, it's gonna be transfers that I think, you know, are gonna go the whole summer. And I definitely don't think we're gonna do two of them, you know, over the course of a summer. To get—it's not like they've got release clauses or anything like that, where you just pay it, boom, and it's done. I can't see it, man. I really can't. I think, I think one. If if you were to choose,
1: I've, I, th- I would say Rice actually because really? of yeah. I think Casado is probably the better player, but I think to get in that English English Donny in there, that's already got you know a lot of the media hat um, would do us some do us some favors personally. Um, I think I think it it changes the profile potentially of how Arsenal are are viewed. Son and Rice. Um, and I think that's important. So
0: I probably go with rice. Mm, okay. Um, okay. Let me do a quick, some quick fire questions because I'm actually starting to get a bit tired here. Um, so, baitface Nate, he says, "What do you think of? What do you make of our sudden willingness to improve everyone's contracts at the same time on the back of making CL? Do you think with the caliber of players we are attracted to, contract renewals would just?" disrupt the wage structure beyond repair no
1: nah.
0: we, we we cleared a lot of wage space um what what then, is he talking about in terms of the willingness to improve one's contracts i think stuff?
1: they said ramsdale's getting a new contract overguards oh, okay. getting a new contract and that's after gabriel um, yeah, well, they made three offers to meet Reese Nelson apparently. That's after Gabriel got one this season, Martinelli got on this season, Saka. Um, Saka, um, is 100% agreed, according to Fabrizio, mm. and then Saliba, on Saliba the yeah, Horizon as well, right? So that's quite a lot of players. So, mm. um, I think I just think it makes sense, you know, Plus what you should do as well. Yeah, I think what should happen is two years and you get a, a new contract, or we're making a decision, um basically. So, you know, Odegaard's been here two years. Um, Martinelli has been in the first team. This is, you know, for for a couple of seasons now. I think Saka signed his new deal um, two and a half seasons ago. Um, You know, Ramsdale's been here two years. So all of this stuff, I think it just makes sense. It's just natural progression. Um, I think what will probably happen in a few of these contracts as well is that They've got that Champions League clause in there, anyways. So the wages were always going to
0: increase with mm. Champions League qualification. So um, you might as well just give them the bump on the years as well, then. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, um, so I'm,
1: I'm I'm not too fast. I'm not too fast by it. Um, I think from next year as well, the Champions League money is going up um, in a new format. Um, so it's a great time to be um, in the Champions League. Uh, and there's yeah. an additional space, right, for whoever's got the highest uh, coefficient as well. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not too worried. I don't think, you know, um, we're going to, like, this might sound stupid, but I feel like we should be qualifying for the Champions League every year um, whilst a lot of these players are here.
0: Yeah, and also, like, w- when we talk about wage bills and stuff like that, it's... Um... <clears throat> Historically, when we've been upset about wage bills, it's because we've had guys like Cedric on hundred k a week. You know, we've had the most some of the most ridiculous contract terms ever from bog standard players. But here, I don't think anyone can really. Uh, I I guess I guess some people might raise some eyebrows at Eddie on 100 hundred k a hundred k a week. But I think you could still sell Eddie for a good summer ma- a good sum of money. A lot of these players are young they're playing for the second best team in England right now. You know, um oh, there's so much
1: bread in this premier league man. 100k is a light man.
0: Yeah, is light, Yeah, so no light. you're right. I don't think I think there's a market for these players anyway. You know, mm. like what you're telling me if I don't know, I don't even have all those players. I want all of them to sign contracts anyway. So I I mean I can't. I can't say we're going to be getting rid of any of them or want to get rid of any of them in the next couple of years, anyway. So, um, okay. Uh, still digs. He says, "You know what we did. We know what we did wrong this season. I think there's lessons being learned." But are you guys impressed with Arteta as a manager and his management style? Are we? Am I impressed? Mm. As a manager? Yeah,
1: I think so. I think so. This is this is third year of management, you know. This literally his third year of management or fourth year of management ever. Um and he's got us competing with the Man City who are on course to complete a treble. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed, man. I think I think you have to deep it that this guy has not done this before. This is his very first job. So yeah, I think I think he it's incredible what he's done, to be honest.
0: Yeah. And there's many different facets to management, right? Um, we we've just spoke about squad management. We're talking about uh, financial management, wages, building squads, all sorts. There's so there's so many, as well as like build, building relationships with players and and whatnot. There's so many different facets to a manager, and I think Arteta has shown himself to to be pretty competent in that regard, man. Um Quite across the board. Like you wouldn't say Arteta's got too many glaring weaknesses, you know. Um, he's definitely got things he can improve on, but he's not, um... yeah, he hasn't got like a glaring weakness, I don't think. Um, I am Mr. Lex. He says, How many starters do we sign this summer? I think we need four minimum. Oof, four is a lot. Wonder where. Where would you need four? I think that's too much. I think, I think that, I think Lex. King Lex, you uh I know you I think you're a bit disappointed by the the ending of the season, but forward just seems a bit too much.
1: I would say in terms of starters.
0: It's like bona fide starters.
1: There's not much I'm doing to that first eleven, I can't lie. I'm I'm upgrading on Jackar. Um and then
0: having a rotation piece for party, really. Um who else would be a bona fide starter maybe a, even a striker i, striker. I don't know it, like... it's going to be
1: a rotation piece first yeah i'm very i'm very happy with our first 11 i can't lie. i think our first 11 has clearly shown that it it can do bits you know mm. um
0: so it's, when, it's um, when those first 11 don't play that's the issue yeah that's the issue
1: right so mm. so so yeah I, i'm not saying i'm not i'm not four starters yeah but, but but people are good enough to come in you know, mm. and also
0: be starters. Guna underscore Ellis, he says, do you think with the right additions we could actually win the league next season or do you think it would take a few more years to reach those heights?
1: I think we can do it, but you're also, you're competing against a, a, a behemoth, right? Um, and you potentially got other teams there next year, right? Liverpool might be back. Um, I think it's only Liverpool that I'm looking at, actually of the other teams united uh, i think the talk the talk about their, their their transfers and stuff is not inspiring me to think that they'll make a, a big big leap um next season that might just be very naive of me but um you know i'll need to see what their business well, is
0: rabbi in them yeah
1: yeah like their budget is not looking great i don't know what number if they get harry kane then you know, yeah, that could be that could be a game changer. You can make, changer, a, big, right? you can make yeah. a big, big leap, right? I'll need to see their transfer business um, before I say anything about United, really. But I think Liverpool and Man City are going to be there next season, right? So, you know, you have to first put the points up and then see where the dice land, kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. if Man City are, are winning seventeen games in a row again, then. There's not gonna be much you can do. So. I mean,
0: one thing is for certain Man City is gonna be heavy favourites for the title again next year. Yeah. So yeah,
1: and that would be if they win it, that would be English record, I think six six
0: and seven titles. Insane. Insane. And we used to think about Man United being dominant back in the day. This is Brother. this is new type of dominance. This is Brother. you know something we haven't seen before in the Premier League. Um last couple of questions. Um two about esr so don mikhail 17 he asks uh what do you guys think esr is doing or not doing that could make artek want to move on from him and um underscore m4 f79 he says are we really sure esr is a midfielder for for 433 i don't i feel most of these issues he is very peripheral doesn't show for the ball much and not very creative on it are we being too sentimental as there are probably better fits for the team I don't
1: know, man. I don't know. It's ESR thing has collapsed my head.
0: Yeah, uh, it's collapsed. It's a my str- head. it is it is very it's very peculiar, man. It's <sighs> it's a situation I can't call because uh, there's no uh, there's no like there's no trend line to it. You know, you can't really see the direction that's happening. You know. It, it, uh, it's a bit. It's a bit strange. I guess maybe there is a trend line, and we just don't want to see it. The trend line is that um, Arteta is moving away from Emile Smith Rowe, and he could be gone in the summer. Is that the potential trend line? Because that's what it looks like if you if you if if you were to look at the last six months. I'm.
1: I'm so. I'm just so baffed by it. Right, and uh, uh, for me, it seems. A little unfair because I feel like he's not really had an opportunity to fight for his place. If that like obviously I'm not on a training ground or anything like that, right? I'm I'm not and I don't I don't see it right. So I don't understand because I don't get how when he was starting and playing week in, week out, his attitude would be that different to now when he's not starting and playing week in, week out, you mm-hmm. know. Um so See, I don't know, man. When he was was busy saving Arteta's, you know, job, there was no talk about him not being a good trader. (laughs) Do you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do do, do you know what it is, though, Cooks? Do you know what it is? And I I saw something today in the Man City game. I don't know if you saw it, but there there were two occasions, right? Bear in mind, Man City were two new up at the time at home against Real Madrid and Champions League absolutely smashing the shit out of Real Madrid, right? A classic performance. Kevin De Bruyne has lost his shit at Pep on the sidelines. Pep has lost his shit at Kevin De Bruyne. Rodri lost his shit at someone. Like, they, they are striving for an excellence that I don't think this Arsenal team are ready for mentally yet. And... I think Arteta knows there is several levels to get to. Yet, these men at Man City are killers. They're killers. Their mentality is insane. Like, they're literally two 0 up against Madrid. Yeah, playing them off the pitch and it's still not enough. Yeah. It's still not enough. Like they need more. Like they're 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 striving for a level that you know, I don't think we're capable of achieving yet. And and I don't think we're there mentally yet. And I think Arte, uh, he, he, he realises that. And I think he wants to get these players to that level. And if you aren't showing him that, that you're capable of getting to that level, I, I, mm. I, I think he's, you know, I think he's, you know, he's ready to put you on the chopping block, really and truly. And he isn't going to play you because you're not ready.
1: You might be onto something, man. You might be onto something. I'm. I'm I was very. I'm, I've been. You know, that's that's probably that sent me for six. That news, are oh, they're going to talk about his future in because mm. I'd, I really didn't see that coming. Like, I know there's been all this talk and stuff like that, and obviously there's there's no smoke without fire, right? Like when you start seeing stuff about about a player's attitude, I always find that quite worrying because people obviously are talking for a reason. Do you know mm. what I mean? And so.
0: Um, and there's no to... real, and there's no need for that to be like pushed out by the club or, you yeah. know, sometimes there's like propaganda stuff. You know, there will be no need for Arsenal just gave him a, a lengthy new contract, gave him the number ten. There'd be no need for that sort of shit to leak out of the out of the squad for propaganda issues. Mm. You know, and you don't hear it about just anyone.
1: You know, no. you don't hear about you don't hear it about at Arsenal in general. Yeah, you don't hear oh, Tommy Asu has got. No attitude problems. Do you know what I mean? Like, so no. it does. It does worry me um, a little bit because it, it it kind of says that he's he's not that serious. You know, is is what it says to me. Because you would not you you'd be shocked to hear this about Martinelli. You know, yeah. you would be absolutely shocked to hear this about Saka. You know, but these stories keep coming out, coming out, and coming out, and coming out about Smith Rowe. You know, so. I really hope he can turn this around. He can. He can really switch on, because I think there's a proper proper player in there. I have got major stocks, and so you know I'm gonna be mudded if we end up selling this guy and then spending like sixty m's. On Mount. <laughs> on Mount. <right? laughs>
0: on Mount. I'm literally. I will vomit. You know? I will honestly vomit. So. I doubt that's gonna happen, man. I don't think they'll sell it. I don't think they'll so sell so like, like, They could I, loan I, him. I have, Literally, if
1: that happens, I might have to be Arteta out just
0: on principle. <laughs> just on principle, he's muddied me so much. that, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 No, I, I don't think we'll sell him, but I can definitely see a loan or something for Emil yeah. next year. I think, I think a lot of it depends on pre-season. I really do. I think it depends on what he, what type of player he can come back as. You know, um, I think Arteta has shown himself to be open-minded to these things. You look at some like. Reese Nelson we thought he was dusted now all of a sudden we're trying to offer him a you know a contract because he's come back and he's proven his worth he, he he backtracked on Saliba in in the summer um after seeing him in preseason. so I think he puts a lot of stock into the off-season how players come back what what their mentality is like you know um I think that has a lot to do with it you know mm-hmm. He's had a disappointing time, man. Maybe maybe he's just dealing with it. I don't know. It's too much speculation. I can't we don't we don't we know fucking 1% of the information. It's it's hard to have a an opinion, you know, on what, on what's actually happening there. But um yeah, I think that is practically every question. Um I think there's maybe a few we've missed, but basically saying the same kind of thing. So on that note, Kooks. Um, I bid you farewell Um, we'll be back next week with uh, another podcast Uh, thank you for tuning in everyone take it easy and have a good weekend to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil Ozil